Welcome to another episode of the Alter Your Health Podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. If this is your first time listening, hello and welcome. We value your time and energy and hope you receive a lot from tuning in. As a listener-supported show, we rely on you to help us grow. We'd be so grateful if you share the show or a favorite episode with a friend or fellow health seeker. Living a healthy and nourishing life doesn't always come easily, especially in today's crazy world. But that's why we're here, doing what we love, hopefully helping you along with information and inspiration that fuels your health pursuits. If you're looking for more support, consider subscribing to the monthly Meal Guide membership. Just $11 per month gets you access to a weekly meal guide filled with healing and delicious whole food plant-based recipes, along with invitations to our regularly scheduled support calls where we can connect, answer questions, and keep the good vibes flowing in our healthy lives. You can learn more at www.alter.health slash meal dash guides. And if you're looking for more in-depth support, check out our other services. We offer both one-on-one consulting as well as educational programs. All of our current offerings are listed at www.alter.health. Our ultimate goal is to empower you to heal yourself. Keeping with that theme, let's dive into today's show. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Alter Your Health podcast, another Medicinal Monday episode. I'm Dr. Ben. And I'm Dr. Susanna. And we are both naturopathic doctors who empower you to heal yourself through whole food, plant-based nutrition, as well as mind-body medicine. And we are continuing the journey from head to toe, optimizing health as we alter health from head to toe. And we have finally made it to the upper digestive system. I guess we could talk about the digestive system really starting in the brain, in our in our mind, but we made it to our stomach, which is, of course, below the mouth and esophagus. But, uh, you know, needless to say, this is really where digestion begins. So we're going to talk about all all about optimizing health of the stomach that really sets us up for a healthy lower digestive tract as well. Um, and specifically talking all about acid production and the phenomenon of hypochlorhydria or low stomach acid, which is really an epidemic in our society leading to all sorts of digestive issues and absorption issues and nutritional issues. Um, and uh, yeah, we're excited to get into it and hopefully give you some answers to understand how to optimize and uh, heal yourself starting in the gut. Yes. Yes. And to understand how to heal the gut, we need to really first understand how the gut works. And maybe the best way to portray this is to kind of follow the journey of a morsel of food um, when it starts on our plate and it ends up in our stomach. Uh, So you mentioned, Dr. Ben, that perhaps the digestive system actually starts in the brain. It does. Well, yeah. Why did you say that? Uh, I I said that because uh, before we even even see food, just at the thought of food, we tend to activate the digestive process, mm-hmm. especially when we're in a grounded state, a peaceful state, uh, the, a state of the parasympathetic nervous system where the rest and digest uh, branch of the nervous system is optimized. And that is leading to salivation. You know, first and foremost, we have had that experience. Uh, But as we are salivating at the thought of food, we are also starting to secrete hydrochloric acid in the stomach, other digestive enzymes, as well as pancreatic enzymes and intestinal enzymes into our small intestine. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Yes. So digestion starts even before we put the food 
in our mouth. But once we put the food in our mouth, we're, you know, chewing, chewing, chewing the food. The food encounters all sorts of enzymes in our saliva. And uh, of course, we're mechanically breaking down the food as well. Then we swallow, that food goes down our esophagus, past the sphincter called the lower esophageal sphincter, and into the stomach, where it then encounters a very highly acidic environment. Uh, it's both this high level of stomach acid and also the mechanical churning of the stomach that really helps us break food down further in the stomach. When hydrochloric acid is released, it also produces an enzyme called pepsin, which specifically helps us break down protein. So there's a lot of protein digestion yeah. that happens in the stomach. Totally. Yeah. When I think about the stomach, I think about um, protein digestion for sure. For sure. Uh, that's when we think about digestion, oftentimes we're talking about enzymes. Uh, most of those enzymes are released from the pancreatic pancreas into the small intestines, as well as some in, uh, enzymes that are released from the intestinal cells themselves. Uh, but with regard to it, the stomach, really the, the main enzyme that's put in the stomach is specifically for breaking down proteins. Um, so that's where protein digestion really starts. And when we're talking about just already kind of shifting gears to talk about health, you know, creating a healthy environment within the stomach, high protein diets can put a strain on the stomach because they're the high protein diet is calling on more uh, pepsin uh, enzyme production, and we can't keep up with that. So those uh, bigger protein molecules can move into the lower uh, intestinal tract and kind of you know, then putrefy and, you know, lead to dysbiosis or, you know, IBS sort of symptoms and, and whatnot. Um, so really, you know, right off the bat, one of the main things that we can do to optimize the health of our stomach is eating a, I wouldn't say a low protein diet, but be, being mindful of our protein intake, which of course is counter to everything that is popular and trendy or has been for decades in the world of nutrition. Um, you know, and of course we're specifically talking about animal protein for numerous reasons, I guess, you know, since I'm rambling, the other thing that the stomach acid is really essential for is neutralizing pathogenic bacteria and organisms. Um, so of course, when we're eating contaminated meats and other toxins, we want our, um, we want our stomach acid to help neutralize and, and kind of kill the, that sort of stuff um, so that it doesn't make its way into the lower intestinal tract where it can, you know, again, perpetuate dysbiosis or disharmony of our microbiome and whatnot. Yes. Yes. So to kind of recap the uh, important roles of stomach acid, the first is that it helps to release uh, pepsin to break down protein. The second is that that highly acidic environment helps to kill off any foodborne pathogens. And then another, a third big, you know, role of hydrochloric acid is that we need it to absorb specific vitamins and minerals, um, specifically iron and B12 come to mind. Yeah. Um, so we need good levels of stomach acid. And actually, the stomach is uh, somewhere like an empty stomach is somewhere between 1.5 and 3 on the, you know, pH which is really acidic. Mm -hmm. But the reason why we don't all have ulcers is because we have this protective layer of mucus um, that's able to withstand that harsh 
acidic environment. Right. And uh, counterintuitively, a lot of people think, oh, my gosh, I've got, uh, you know, acid reflux. I've got this acid burning sensation in my upper chest and my esophagus. Um, of course, GERD is kind of the chronic manifestation of that gastroesophageal reflux disease. Um, and a lot of people have that association between reflux and acid. And they think, oh my gosh, my stomach is too acidic. But you talked about that lower esophageal sphincter, um, which is, you know, between our esophagus and our stomach and the, the tone of that sphincter, the muscle that is responsible for keeping that sphincter closed and preventing the reflux from happening it uh, operates only under proper acidic conditions. So if our stomach is not acidic enough, if we are not maintaining an acidic environment in our stomach, then we are going to be more prone to reflux. And of course, you know, that even if the, the pH is 3.5 or 4 or 4.5 or whatever it is, that's still very acidic. So we're going to feel the burning nature of that acid on our esoph on the cells lining our esophagus that are lacking that kind of healthy protective mucus layer um, that is present in our stomach. So yes, uh, this is totally counterintuitive. Of course, the conventional treatment where manage symptoms of acid reflux are acid blocking medications, uh, whether it's over the counter Pepsid or Toms or other you know, Prilosec or acid-blocking uh, proton pump inhibitors. Um, these, these medications lower our stomach acid further and make the problem worse, uh, the underlying cause of the problem worse. Um, so these medications, of course, uh, we, we learned that they, are, they were designed to be used for two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, maybe I think up to six weeks in the case of uh, an acute gastritis, an acute ulcer or something like that to, to block the, the, the worsening of that, to stop the worsening of that. Um, but people are not ever intended to stay on these acid blocking, uh, acid stomach acid lowering medications for a long period of time because they directly block, again, our absorption of specific essential nutrients and the ability to properly digest our foods in general. Um, so needless to say, so many people are on these medications, so common. Um, and one thing that we can do to uh, support ourselves in kind of allowing our body to taper off of these medications healthfully, of course, with the guidance and support of your prescribing doctor is optimizing are optimizing our, our nutrition, you know, eating foods that are easily more easily digested, of course, staying away from, you know, processed food and toxins and pathogens that are in our food. Uh, but also maybe most importantly, starting in the brain, you know, bringing our body into an autonomic uh, parasympathetic state of the autonomic nervous system so that we can properly activate the secretion and release of hydrochloric acid and other digestive enzymes. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, that low stomach acid, whether it's um, low due to other physiological reasons or low due to taking proton pump inhibitors and other acid blockers, it has its consequences downstream in our digestive system, right? Because we're not, we're not digesting protein properly. We're not digesting 
not just protein, but all food properly, if we have low stomach acid, that leads to bigger food molecules being passed down into the small intestines where, you know, those enzymes aren't able to fully break down those larger molecules. And so then those molecules are, you know, Mm -hmm. they can putrefy, they can ferment, they can cause gas and bloating. It can lead to dysbiosis. It can lead to all the kind of uh, lower intestinal issues. And so that's why really taking care of our stomach health is so important, yeah. even when considering, you know, the the lower digestive system. Yeah. We're always talking about working our way from the top down for that reason. Yeah. 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 But I mean, let's let's talk about just like more specifically, let's line out the common causes of hypochlorhydria, low stomach acid. Okay. Because yes, you kind of alluded to that a poor diet is definitely going to set someone up for um, low stomach acid. You talked about how if we're eating high protein all the time, it puts a strain on our on our hydrochloric acid production in the stomach. But also if we're eating a diet that is devoid of nutrients, right, we're eating a lot of junk food, uh, hydrochloric acid production requires quite a bit of vitamins and minerals um, to produce. Yeah. So we need to have good vitamin mineral status for good hydrochloric acid production. Um, but honestly, the biggest cause, most common cause of hypochlorhydria is stress. stress. Is stress. It is. It is. Yes. Um, you know, that, and that's why there's, I remember learning from, you know, a young age, like, you know, oh, so-and-so has an ulcer because he was so stressed. You know, it's the, it's very, it's a very kind of um, conventionally understood, quote unquote, mind-body association, stress in our stomach, stress and digestion. Uh, but still, oftentimes it's just kind of given lip service, right? And we're just like, oh yeah, stress less so that we digest our food better, stress less so you don't burn a hole in your stomach or something like that. Um, but uh, anyways, you know, the, the practically speaking, what we can do is practice what we, we, what, what we call good food hygiene, right? So, you know, bef- obviously like not eating on the run, not eating while we're arguing, not eating while we're watching the news, not eating while we're scrolling social media, but eating when we're present, eating when we're gra- grounded. And one of the greatest things that we can do, which is what a lot of people um, maybe on special occasions, which is like say grace or say a prayer or say gratitude. Um, and what this does is, of course, hopefully bring a feeling of gratefulness. And that feeling of gratefulness essentially just eliminates and dissolves any stress in the body. It's like a shortcut little hack into our parasympathetic nervous system. And that's, of course, the place that we want to be when we're sitting down to eat a meal. Definitely. Definitely. So on top of that, too, cleaning up the diet, you know, we've seen we've seen individuals who had been on proton pump inhibitors for years. And then when they switched to whole food plant based eating, they had this kind of intuitive feeling like, you know what, I don't think I need these anymore. And some people even kind of just like happened to forget to take their medication one day and realized they didn't have any reflux. And so it's really common to see when we clean up the diet, um, the reflux dissolves on its own in addition to having that peaceful state of mind. But in addition, what we can do to support 
hypochondria or, or what we can do to support healthy stomach acid production in the case of hypochondria. I was going to, I think you're, I think you're, I think you're jumping the gun, but I was also going to bring up like the triggering foods, you know, like caffeine and like there's, there's some foods that we don't think about being as being like technically problematic or or something like that. And I think for some people, citrus or tomatoes or, or some of these quote unquote more acidic foods, uh, sometimes it's helpful to phase them out for a little bit as we're kind of reestablishing balance. But what do you think about that? I mean, especially things like caffeine, because of course, not only are they more acidic and can kind of lead to that. And of course, you might be thinking like, oh, but I thought my stomach acid was low. Shouldn't I be drinking acidic things? Shouldn't I be eating acidic things? I do want to address the exception to hypochlorhydria. Because we're not saying that like all, we're not saying all acidic stomach things are hypochlorhydria. It's definitely Um, the more common thing. Yeah, so I I guess I kind of wanted to wrap up the hypochlorhydria discussion and then talk about the hyper, or not really hyperchlorhydria, but, you know, the, 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 yes, the other, the other side of the imbalance. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, so if someone does in fact have hypochlorhydria, what they can do to support healthy production of hydrochloric acid levels, in addition to supporting peace of mind and cleaning up the diet and all that good stuff, is um, to bring in some gentle uh, natural agents that actually stimulate uh, the digestive process and stimulate the secretion of hydrochloric acid. And our favorite thing to do this is digestive bitters, where the digestive bitters, it's just a really very bitter herb that you put directly on your tongue, on your taste buds, so that it stimulates the bitter receptors on your tongue, which then sends a signal to your brain, which then turns on your digestion via the vagus nerve and helps with the secretion of not only hydrochloric acid, but all the other digestive enzymes that we need to break down food properly. Right. So you said like this bitter herb. And the cool thing is that there's a number of bitter herbs that are digestive bitters or could be used as digestive bitters. Um, and a lot of people ask like, you know, our favorite formula or favorite herb. Um, the fact is we really don't have one, but if you go to any sort of health food store or even just the supplement aisle, which we don't often recommend people to lock down, but any supplement aisle of a grocery store you know, you'll finally, you're, you'll probably find a um, digestive bitters formula, which generally comes in a tincture bottle or a spray bottle. And really all you need to do is um, drop a few drops or spray a spritz and, and, you know, experience that bitter sensation. And if you have like puckering of your mouth and a bitter face, uh, you can trust that that's doing the job. That's really the overall, the intention. Um, and also other bitter foods can help this process as well, like, you know, dandelion greens and, oh, you know, arugula and yeah. other, you know, other stuff. Exactly. Yes. And then, you know, there's the more kind of direct route of acidifying the stomach that some people take and some people benefit from, which is um, to drink a little diluted apple cider vinegar before each meal or to even take hydrochloric acid tablets before each meal. And if someone does have low stomach acid, these things are going to help their digestion feel better, right? It's not going to aggravate their stomach. It's not going to cause more. It's not going to cause a burning sensation in their stomach. And just to be clear, we advocate for the bitters over the acid replacement because it's really, you know, 
more gentle. It's telling the body to do what it knows how to do rather than replacing something. Um, But if we are replacing something, we want to do so with the intention of, oh, I'm going to replace this for a few weeks or a month or so, you know, until my stomach gets up to speed and can help me. And then we can, again, taper off of that. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I also like celery juice for helping to kind of bring greater balance in hydrochloric acid production as well. Um, celery juice on its empty stomach at the beginning of the day. Um, but yes, as you're saying, Dr. Ben, it's like these, these, you know, natural interventions are great and everything, but we need to address the underlying cause of the biggest factor, right? Mm-hmm. So just briefly, wanted to talk about kind of the gastritis exception. Um, yeah, which is... The higher higher stomach acid, which is yeah. the exception to the rule. But really what's happening, I mean, there are some states where the stomach is producing more acid, like H. pylori infection, or there's certain tumors that secrete hydrochloric acid, like in Zollinger-Ellison syndrome, for mm-hmm. example. But um, by and large, what we're saying is most reflux is caused by hypochloridia. Yeah, probably 95% or more. But sometimes people get acute gastritis, or they even get, you know, stomach ulcers. And so you might be asking, like, why would someone get a stomach ulcer if they have low stomach acid? Well, what is happening in gastritis and in the case of when people get a peptic ulcer is that stomach acid isn't necessarily higher in the stomach. It's that the protective barrier that coats the stomach lining right. is thinned. And then we ask, okay, well, why is that protective layer thinned? And we look at some of the most common causes. Some of them are lifestyle practices or drugs like alcohol, smoking, taking a lot of non-steroidal anti-inflammatory medications. Yeah. yeah, taking Advil every day, for example. Really harsh on the gut lining. But the main cause for this thinning of the protective layer, once again, goes back to stress. And that's why the the ulcer, the gastritis, it's so associated with stress, even in the conventional medical world, because stress really does affect our digestive system that directly. And we're going to talk more about that on Wednesday. But um, yeah, I think it's, I think it's really important to highlight that whether it's hypochlorhydria or whether we've got that thinned uh, protective layer in the stomach, stress is by far and large the most common underlying cause. Yeah. So uh, just to clarify, in the case of gastritis or the exception where there's more stomach acid being produced, what would you say that we could consider doing in terms of the therapeutics if yeah. we're not, you know if we don't want to aggravate that with apple cider vinegar right. or even digestive bitters yeah for those people taking those acidifying eating those acidifying foods is not going to feel comfortable it's going it's, it's to aggravate the symptoms and exactly. that's really the, the best way to know you know if these kind of things aggravate symptoms or kind of start soothing symptoms yeah so what's helpful for these people is to kind of reinforce that protective barrier with for example, some soothing and demulcent herbs. Um, aloe vera aloe. juice. TGL is a really common one, deglycerinated licorice, um, slippery elm and marshmallow root. And there's a lot of products that combine all of those demulcent herbs together. Yeah. 
And they help to not only you kind of reinforce that protective layer, but also soothe and reduce inflammation and help the tissue to heal as well. Yeah. And I always like to remind people that the lining of our gastrointestinal tract is one of the most metabolically active, regenerative places in our body. And we have a completely new intestinal tract and stomach lining uh, within just a few days or a week at the most. Um, so if we stop, you know, stressing ourselves, if we stop injuring ourselves, if we just create the space and the environment for the body to heal and regenerate itself, then we are healing ourselves. Um, so really, it comes down to removing those obstacles, getting out of the way, both with our nutritional toxin kind of obstacles, as well as our stress mindset sort of obstacles and really just coming in that place of trust and understanding and peace, uh, knowing that our body can and will regenerate and heal itself. Definitely. Cool. Wonderful. Well, let's on that point uh, wrap up today's episode mm -hmm. and we'll see you on Wednesday to talk more about the brain body connection uh, related to all of these stomach related conditions. Yeah, that's an important conversation too. So thanks for hanging out and tuning in. And we will look forward to seeing you guys next time. Bye for now.